You just there. You look less bored now. There you go. All right. <laughs> I think it's okay to look bored because uh, you've probably been in the same place for like 19, 20 days now. I mean, us. That's where it is for us. We've we've been on lockdown since uh, the Friday before St. Patty's Day. I'm I'm finding my. I can't find my calendar app. Oh my gosh. So it's it's been a while. That's that's the moral of the story. It's been a long while. So Rob, how you doing, man? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Brian, how you doing, sir? I am hanging in there. Yeah? Yes. All right. So huh. We're we're all working from home. Yeah. You know, social distancing. Do you you do you tell your family that you're not allowed in my office? Social distancing. Is that how it works? My family's pretty good. They actually don't even come into my office, so it's uh, it's worked out really well. But it was funny because we we're I was just talking before, um, you know, looking at everybody like people are saying that they're gaining weight by sitting at home because they're they're like grazing. Meanwhile. Um, you know, I built myself an office probably about a year ago. I've spent maybe two days in the last year in it before all this happened. So, but it's, uh, it's probably a good, I don't know, quarter mile away from my kitchen. And, uh, my family occasionally brings me food, <laughs> but beyond that, I, I, uh, I don't have direct access and I don't know about you guys, but I've been busier than ever before. Yeah. So I've actually been losing weight because of this, which is not a bad thing. I have a, I have some weight I could lose, but for me, it's actually been, uh, it's been pretty good that way. Hopefully. So how, how big is this house that your, your is your kitchen really a quarter? Cause let me tell you, uh, I volunteer for a church and our storage room that we utilize at the school that we rent space from to have church at is literally a quarter mile away. Mm. So, I mean, we, we, we tested it on our little pedometer on our watch and stuff. Like it's legit a quarter mile away. So I know what a quarter mile away feels like. And you, I, I just am dying to know what kind of house you, how many square feet is this thing? 9,000? Mm-hmm. Like it's a separate building. It's a separate building. It's not. It's oh, okay. So, so you built, you almost built like a barn yeah, or whatever, yeah. where, where then yeah. you, you turn it into a, a beautiful office. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a two car garage. I turned it into a three car, two story garage and put my office above it. But yeah, it's a completely separate Jeez. building. Yeah. That's what I need. I need a separate building to go to. <laughs> Cause right now, so my, my home office here is in the living room. <laughs> I don't even have a door. <laughs> I have done zero decorating in my office. I've, I've got a TV hanging on the wall. That's about it. So I need to do something. I I want to. I don't know. I need to get some stickers or something. <laughs> but if my son had it his way, I'd have I'd have all these pieces of art all over the wall of like. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer that he just colored for me yesterday. Like yeah. it's uh it's hysterical is what it is. <laughs> no, where are you based out of, Steve? Where are you geographically? I'm in the Cleveland area. Oh nice. Okay. I'm in a right. I'm in a nice little city called Medina. Everyone else would pronounce it Medina. 
but yeah. that's not how you say it. We, uh, we've been doing virtual calls with a lot mm -hmm. of obviously people and those uh, vendors that are down in Florida right now, as much as we want to curse Florida for spreading Corona right now, but they're all sitting outside and it's like, man, that would be nice if we at least had the outside that we could go hang in. But uh, it's 54 degrees. We're getting close. Yeah, still a little too cold for us. I know uh, what's you're uh, central, aren't you, Brian? Central California. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you're not too warm yet either, right? Eh? Uh, we're 60s, 70s. So a little bit of a cold breeze, but uh, we're you know the midday is is really nice with the sun out. Mm. So and I'm I'm actually at my office right now because my home internet connection isn't good enough to uh, maintain a good video stream. So I made a special trip to the office today. Oh, man. So uh, I, I'm curious, Rob, what, what's changed with your business right now over at Datto with, with this whole coronavirus epidemic? Well, I think you know, um, or maybe don't, but my job and, and literally my team's job, we're, we're called business development. And what our job is, is to literally travel, to go and see partners, to go and, and run our own um, little events like uh, partner summits to discover Dato. DattoCon obviously is our big project and, and uh, trade shows uh, that all the other vendors are doing, the distributors, all that type of stuff. So you know, our job is literally to go out and travel and shake hands and kiss babies. And of course, nobody's shaking hands or kissing babies anymore. So, you know, my whole team is grounded right now. So we've been, um, you know, I was joking off the top that I've, I've never been busier, even though I haven't seen the inside of a plane in three weeks. Um, just trying to uh, reach out to, to MSPs, to our partners. You know, it's shifted away from, uh, hey, have you seen this product? Have you seen this feature? To what's going on, how can we help you with business right now, you know, trying to get kind of like a state of the market, state of, of, of business and, and trying to keep a pulse so that we can continue to help our partners, but also at the same time, be an MSP only. If the MSPs are out there, then uh, not making any money, then we've got to kind of worry about our own business as well. So it's the whole combination of just staying in tune, staying in touch, seeing where all this goes, because I think there's a lot of um, unpredictability uh, right now. So my days have been inundated with that. Um, getting um, uh, our executive team out in front, um, having conversations with with MSPs. We did a, a big webinar with our CEO, not to to create some special deal or offer on product that you could use right now, but more just a state of the market. Uh, have a really cool webinar coming up actually on Monday where we are going to, uh, we've actually, for, for our U.S. MSPs, we've actually hired a, a firm that is specializing in these new, um, um, this new $2 trillion package that the government has come up with, right, for these small business loans and stuff like that. So we actually have hired a, an agency to come in and explain and break it down and kind of simplify um, how how the MSPs fit into this and, and what options are available for those businesses and stuff. So just real out of the box thinking on what do people need right now? And when I say people, I mean, MSPs, what do you guys need right now rather than us just calling and doing business as usual? So that's kind of, that's kind of been inundating my day lately. That's amazing. So you're gonna, you're gonna teach MSPs 
how this whole CARES Act and the uh, what Brian, you you said uh, a different one, PPP earlier. Yeah. Paycheck, paycheck Protection Plan is what we've been rolled in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're doing. Uh, we've hired an outside firm to come in, and, and they're going to talk about both. They're going to okay. basically simplify the message. They've they've gone through it. Uh, they they're actually experts at it. They do like a weekly webinar on it, but. Um, this one is specifically for for us, and actually, we're we, we're pretty, um, white labeled invite so that MSPs can actually extend it to their end users. So all I'm doing is just holding the Zoom call, introduce people, letting them go. No sales pitch, no data talk, no what is your backup company doing for you now? It literally is just in talking to our partners, like what does an MSP need right now? Well, this 886 page document just came out, and I don't quite understand it, and. Maybe you don't have uh, um, uh, an account that can explain it to you. This is kind of some of the stuff that we're doing in an effort to help. And and let's be honest. I mean, it's such a new document. Can the accountant even explain it to you yet? Like, you know, your your local small mom pop accounting firm. Yeah, I would bet not. I, mean, I don't know how you're how you went around the um, or how you applied for your for the. Uh, the payroll piece of it, Brian, but what I'm, what I'm finding is, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot to digest and it takes a long time. Not only that, but even worse is that it's changing day by day. I don't know if you heard the rumor this morning, but for the SBAs, the small business loans, um, it's first come first serve and they expect that it's all going to be doled out by end of day tomorrow. And, and which is not true. Uh, but you know, that's, that, that's when, you know, people start to panic a little bit and then start worrying, am I, am I behind? And then, you know, what happens if you fill the application in wrong and all those types of things. So it's just, there's, there's so much complexity. And again, it changes every single day. So. Brian, do you have anything to add to any of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I've got my application in already, but I don't think the banks are allowed to submit them until Friday. Um, and I have a lucky situation where my business manager um, that handles a lot of aspects uh, for our company is actually married to someone at our bank. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got, we're kind of on the inside, you know, track there and, and got early in on, at least on the, in their list. Um, I'm really looking forward to hopefully being able to take advantage of that because that would relieve a lot of pressure. Um, but it is moving so fast and, uh, it's really all about reaching out to the professionals out there that really understand this the best, which is why I'm glad to hear Rob and, and Dado are, are helping the industry with that. Um, looking forward to the, to seeing what, uh, Dado can help us with there. And what about it's your, uh, your end users? Are you, I, I, it's not really part of our jobs or part of your job, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bunch of, it actually started with, hey, MSPs, here's what I want to do. And the MSPs came back and said, yeah, that's great, but can we invite our end users? And I'm, I'm like, do you want to? And they're like, they're, like, similarly to us, we're trying to provide as much value to you guys as possible. You're trying to provide as much value to your end users, even if it's not IT related. I'm assuming that's of interest or you're doing some of that. Yeah, in fact, um, during this time, one of the opportunities I'm finding is uh, the opportunity to help build relationships with our clients just beyond our normal service offering, essentially kind of what you explained Dado is trying to do with the MSP industry. And our, so I'm doing blog posts now 
um, you know, the last one we did was about the whole, you know, getting our clients ready to work from home, the checklist and, and how we're approaching that. I'm actually working on a blog post today where I want to go into more like tips, um, you know, tips for working from home to, um, and tips to stay healthy. And then, you know, even touch on this care act cares act where, um, I'm pulling some resources. The U S chamber of commerce had a nice, um, PDF they released that gave a, a, a high overview, but I would definitely see value in being able to invite my clients to this type of thing as well, or even send them a link to a recorded uh, a webinar at the very least uh, of what was discussed. Um, All right, I'll have that for you on uh, on Monday. So we're yeah. going to record that session and then give it to our partners to be able to. So. Yep. So Rob, um, how how knowledgeable would you say you are with the CARES Act? Just, and I ask just because I feel like you've you've probably been inundated since you're putting all this together. <laughs> Here's the beautiful part, Steve, is that uh, I just bring the smart people to the table and then talk to them about stuff and trigger questions like like that. I'm not insinuating that you do the same thing I do, but basically that's about it. So I've got. That is exactly what I do, Rob. I am a big, big dummy. uh... (laughs) That's it, man. Like I know, I know nothing about this. And to be honest, I I scheduled myself for a couple of these webinars uh, to go and watch them. The problem is, is that one, like uh, they're using um, GoToMeeting and GoToMeeting's got a thousand person cap on it, or at least that what they had limited. So there's like a lot of these webinars. I'm too late because there's so many people that are coming to it. We, uh, for ours, we're using a Zoom account. I've got up to 3,000 for my Zoom account that we're going to be using for this. And mm-hmm. we're actually started pricing out to see if maybe we should jump it to the next level, which by the way is 10,000. Um, or at least that's what they're being, they're, they're telling us. And, th- and then you start thinking, well, let's just get it recorded and send it out. But yeah. Yeah. So I haven't had a chance really to dig in to uh to it too much but fortunately we found some guys and we see this is the great part i'm dumb as a post and if i don't understand it i'm not afraid to turn around and go can you explain that a little bit better to me because you know explain it to me like i'm a like i'm a five-year-old so you know i don't hesitate to have people kind of redo that and that's kind of where i see my role is if these guys start going down the accountant it's too complicated and strange hole i can at least pull it back a little bit and go i'm sorry five words or less and use like not so big syllable words. So when, when is it that you're doing this? Monday, Monday at 2 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, you can get the deepsdata.com uh, to get registered for it. Highly recommend you show up about 10 minutes early before they shut off registration. Again, I am not talking about data. I'm not going to give you any, special offer or anything along those lines. I'm not going to be giving out free RMM or anything along those lines. It literally is bringing up um, this accounting firm based out of New Jersey who uh, we have done some work with. They actually do understand the MSP space uh, quite well. Um, and we're actually not just doing this for the U.S. We're actually doing this worldwide. So uh, next week we'll have one for Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the U.K., Ireland. We're starting to work on the Netherlands. So because each of the each of the governments are coming out with some type of package, uh, so we are finding experts within those regions, 
And actually, to be honest, the experts that we're finding, we're reaching out to our partners going, do you have anybody that would understand this? And our partners come back going, yeah, you need to talk to this guy. So, um, you know, a lot of times they understand the MSP market. So <clears throat> with, with Datto, you guys just own so much now. <laughs> and still not as much as that other company. Um, what other company is that? Connectwise. We don't own as much as Connectwise. How do you mean? Uh, well, whoever owns Connect, what is that? Toma Bravo, who owns no, Connectwise? Yeah, no, so, Toma Bravo, and we, uh, we're owned by uh, Vista Equity Partners, and mm-hmm. Insight's got their hand in a few things. But uh, yeah, Toma, Toma's got quite a few of the MSP technologies in their portfolio, for sure. So I, I'm, I'm changing gears, if, if you didn't notice. So with, with all the consolidation happening right now in the MSP space... Is is this truly going to be good for the MSPs, the MSP business owners, or is this going to make it more difficult for there to be more innovation, more competition, better pricing, that type of stuff? In in your opinion, of course. Yeah, of, of course. Um, all right. So a couple different things. Uh, I think, first of all, historically, for those that have been in the IT space for a long time. Um, and when I talk about IT space, the, the, I, I kind of think of it as like there's like there's these two tiers. There's there's the super high end companies like the IBMs and the the Ciscos and you know the Microsofts and those like big beasts. And then there's the SMB channel. And you know traditionally it's been reseller bar into MSP kind of thing. And and you know we have our technologies that uh, come and go. Um, small vendors that kind of customize their stuff towards more towards the MSP space, more so than the reseller space. Uh, And, you know, that's kind of, uh, it's kind of like on this like SMB focused IT. And then there's this like mid enterprise focused IT. Um, In our space, in the SMB space, a lot of times what has happened traditionally is you've seen these large vendors come down and scoop up like the really cool little vendor that we really like and the technology that we really like. And then they've dragged them up market and then they've priced them out and then they've started selling direct and all this type of stuff. Private equity is different. Private equity is not, not a large vendor coming in to scoop up good technology and take it up market. Private equity, literally, and, and I think a lot of the investments that private equity are making today is not just the technologies that they're buying, but the go-to-market strategy. The go-to-market strategy, meaning the SMB channel is going to be outsourced and it is going to be a managed services play. And it's always going to be like that. And, and all the forecasting says that that's going to continue to grow and grow and grow, which means if you want access to the IT space for the 98% of the businesses worldwide that you'd classify as small, medium business, you need to have an MSP play. Therefore, these MSP technologies are not being scooped up to take up market. They're being scooped up to grow in the SMB space. And that's where I kind of envision the difference between what we're used to when we see a lot of acquisition versus what we're seeing today. Um, I think that the amount of money that's being put into this space allows it's allowed us to innovate our products much faster than we did when we owned uh, the company solely. Um, I look at the progress that we've made on all of our technologies. I mean, everything has gotten significantly better. 
and continues to have really extensive roadmaps. And I think that that investment plus the, you know, it's been, it's been over two years now that we've seen a lot of these private equity companies jumping in. And, and I think they've done well for the MSP space. But then this also allows, and because again, we see this, this little bit of churn where it allows smaller vendors to actually market for those that, you know, maybe the price has gone up or you're becoming too large and, and perceived or, or, or actually inflexible or not as flexible as you used to be or, or were able to. So that allows these smaller uh, vendors to come up and those will be the ones that get absorbed in their five to six years. This is um, Groundhog Day. I mean, in essence, over and over and over. And I know Brian's got a lot of opinion on that. Yeah. Um, so from an MSP's perspective, you know, especially in the earlier days, we started in 2005 uh, is when I started iTech Solutions. <clears throat> you definitely feel like a, a small fish in a big pond when you're dealing with these big vendors like Microsoft and Cisco. And, and you're trying to figure out the best way to deliver quality products to your your clients that um, are also easy to manage. And when a lot of these products and services come from an enterprise space, they don't always have the small business in mind. And they're in a lot of cases designed for companies that have in-house IT departments that can spend hours configuring and setting up and managing everything. And when you look at an, an MSP or an IT provider, you know, that's being outsourced for a small business, you know, time is money and you're charging hourly if you're on an old break fix or you're on a fixed monthly rate if you're a new, you know, on a new MSP plan. And it's all about efficiency and how you deliver your services and, and products. And, um, and there's also a whole nother gamut of this whole multi-tenant environment that you have and need to manage. And, you know, so... For me, um, as I started researching more and more, um, you know, this was about 2015. It took me about 10 years. We were developing a lot of our products in-house. I had a web development uh, department. So we had our own PSA, homegrown, um, password manager, all this stuff. And, and we kind of outgrew our own products and realized, wow, there's a lot of great products already out there. <clears throat> I started going to events. I went to Autotask Community Live, um, Datocon. And I realized there's this whole industry serving MSPs that's helping bridge that gap and del help deliver enterprise level tools that are easier to manage, deploy, maintain to the SMB. And I think the, the bigger piece that I really enjoyed is they were willing to listen to us like as a community and take our input to help improve their products. Whereas if I go to someone like Microsoft with feature requests, if I'm not a big enterprise player, it's really hard for me to get my voice heard. Um, and so that's one of the things that's really helped, you know, our MSP and I've seen help a lot of other MSPs is partnerships with our vendors. You know, ultimately I see myself being as successful as my tools are that I'm using to manage my clients, especially now that there's a ton of SaaS products that I'm using. Um, and for me to be able to give feedback on how we can improve those tools and make them easier for me to use and more efficient, 
and see that, you know, at a quicker pace, right? When you have these private equities coming in and investing money in this space, they see the growth. It allows them to develop their products and their roadmaps faster. Um, it gives me hope that, you know, even if I keep the same amount of clients, I'm going to be delivering services more efficiently to them and ultimately upping my profit just with the change in my workflows with the added benefits of these tools, ultimately. So, so one of the, the things I find so interesting, so um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I think the MSP industry, when, when we look at private equity firms, there's three big players. There's Toma Bravo, there's Vista, and there's Insight. Are there others that I'm not aware of, Rob, that are that are really buying up into the market? Uh, there's, I, I would suggest that. I mean, there's a there's a, a few others that um, are not coming to mind right now, but okay. uh, uh, there are there are definitely. And, and you think about um, the different uh, technologies that are out there serving the SMB space. Um, uh, and MSP specifically, I would suggest that most of them are probably owned by private equity. Uh, there's, there's definitely a few that, that are still uh, independent, but um, sure. you know, even prior to all this COVID stuff, like the market's hot, right? Real hot. So that's where, that's where all, a lot of private equity companies are trying to get, get in. So. So, so like if I look at Insight Partners, their portfolio includes companies like and here's where it gets confusing. So it looks like they have a piece of solar winds, and so does Vista. Or maybe I just don't understand how this works. But I mean, Insight has, you know, solar winds. They've got a Cronus, Parallels, Team Viewer, and then they've got things like Newegg and uh, Automatic, the company that runs WordPress. Like they are literally all over the place. Uh, I think they might be the same one that owns uh, or, or runs or whatever, Kaseya. And then there's Vista, which is who owns Datto. And they also, I don't see, I thought I was going to see um, uh, SolarWinds in here, but I think that's Toma Bravo and I misspoke. Uh, yeah, Toma Bravo has solar winds, but they also have ConnectWise and Continuum. So is that going to create, like, when we look at just Toma Bravo, is that going to create some kind of, like, conflict of interest? Or Because I, I know a lot of people are are, like, up in arms right now, specifically about some of those companies, because, you know, they're all getting bought up, and it, and it seems like things might get merged people complain that you know some of the some of the staffing is no longer around and people complain that in their eyes the quality of service isn't as good as it used to be or in their eyes things just aren't getting upgraded and and invested into like you would you would expect private equity to do like what's your response to people that that say that Especially the the social media warriors who who say yeah. it and never post anything to I don't know back it up. Yeah, uh, I think there's a there's a couple of things, um, 
and and again, I I can only I can only speak to to what my experience has been uh, working with Datto. And when I joined Datto, we were I don't know fifty some odd employees. We're 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 over nineteen hundred now, um, just over nineteen hundred, and and that's been growing like crazy um, since the since the acquisition. Which you know this is not new. This has actually been going on for a couple of years now. So you know so for for I think. I think a lot of what we're seeing is is that these these vendors and ourselves included, we've grown, like we've grown significantly, and that's not just ourselves as far as uh, the number of staff that we've got, but it also is the number of partners that we serve and the number mar- the markets that we serve. Scalability is probably one of the more difficult things uh, that we deal with as vendors because all of a sudden our support team is doing really well and answering calls. And then all of a sudden we close a lot more business because there's a lot more MSPs or because of more MSPs have found you. So now all of a sudden we're getting more support calls, which means you have to hire more support staff, but then those support staff aren't as good as the core team that you got. Therefore there's going to be, you know, bumps, these cyclical bumps every, every couple of months. And then, you know, you go through this massive growth phase, you then catch up as far as, uh, getting them implemented and, and set up and everybody's happy and support is answering the calls. But if anything falls off, God, it's got to be private equity's fault. And, and, or they just don't care about us. And I think that that's, that's probably, uh, it, it's probably unfair because in my mind, okay. And, and as an employee and an executive working at Datto, my life has not changed my commitment and, and the organization's commitment. And even though our executive team has changed this whole talk about, um, MSPs and how much MSPs mean to us and, and how much we really do love and care about this community has not changed. And it hasn't changed from when it was Austin and I and a couple of people sitting in the executive boardroom to now where I'm sitting with real good, experienced um, executives that come from uh, organizations outside the MSP space. Like that message has still been fairly consistent in my mind. And I can't imagine it would be any different over at, at my competitors, uh, because I, I talk to them, we talk to each other, and we all say the same thing, which is how much we actually do care about this community. And I think it's just, you know, as as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, I mean, I remember there was a day where I would have loved for somebody to say Datto on a Facebook forum. Loved it. <laughs> because we were such a small company. And oh, my God, somebody said Datto today. I remember when I brought my first ASCII award back to Datto in 2013. And Austin's like, wow, this is great. We have to have a party. We won an award. And then all of a sudden you're winning a hundred awards. And all of a sudden you're getting mentioned a hundred times a day on Facebook. It's not all going to be good all the time. And you kind of have to go through those things. What's funny for me is that when MSPs would, you know, they'll jump on there and be like, ah, you know, they don't care. They don't care. But then all of a sudden their end user says something about them and they're like, how could they possibly think that we're this bad of a company and that we don't care? And then it's like, it's all kind of like, you know, it's all kind of, kind of cyclical. I will, I will, uh, I'll call Brian out on this and I'll get him to comment and I'll call Brian out because Brian is actually a member of our partner advisory board and we've known each other for a number of years and he's participated in a lot of things that, that we do. Uh, but he been and- pre-Vista Datto and post-Vista Datto. And I would love to see what his opinion is on the difference. Go for it, man. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, mergers in general, um, you know, 
I think the, it's the uncertainty that everyone's worried about is like what changes are going to happen and how are those going to affect me, you know? And when you get comfortable with work, a relationship with a vendor, and then you hear about a merger or ac acquisition, you're worried about the, the aspects you like about that vendor changing, you know? And um, it's interesting because I, I actually joined Autotask before Datto. Um, and, uh, and even was using open mesh products before Datto bought open mesh. So I was, I was using all these vendors separately, um, before they even merged together. But, um, you know, I would say the, what I noticed with the merger is that they had similar cultures. Um, they had different products, you know, Datto was more of a sell through company. Autotask was more of a sell to company. Um, so, you know, that was a, a, a you know, merging that is, is always going to be a challenge, any growing pains uh, with that. But I, I never once felt like they didn't care about me as an MSP and didn't care about my opinion. And, and I think that was probably the biggest thing is like, I, I it's hard, you know, I've got an ego. Everyone's got an ego, but you, I've, you kind of have to get over your ego and just understand that it's all about communication, right? And even with my clients, nine times out of 10, when we've got a client upset with us, the first thing it does is affect your ego. And you're like, we're not like that. How could they say that about us? You know, and the client's probably on the other side saying, how can they treat us this way? And it literally comes down to a communication issue that happened. And so, the one thing that I try to do with all of my vendors that I spend a lot of money with or rely on heavily is keep open line of communications and even go as far as trying to get on their partner advisory boards so that my voice uh, can be louder, you know, and, and it's time. It's an investment of time, really. And I find that typically when people are unhappy with any vendor, it's something that's small that happened that somehow, you know, snowballed into something bigger and they really never put the time into trying to solve it or fix it. It's just, they got emotional about it and, and let that, let their emotions kind of take them away. And, and so I've, I've stepped up for Datto many times online. I've been trolled for being a Datto fanboy. And all so hard you get trolled, Brian, so yeah. hard you get trolled. All I'm trying to do is help both people in the, in the matter, like, Hey, you know, Datto does care about you. Don't think they don't care about you. Like give them a chance. They will make this right. You know? And I don't know, man, if you spend like under a thousand a month, Datto might not care. No, that's not true. That is totally <laughs> not true. Of course we care. And, and I think everybody, everybody just kind of assumes that we're this big, bad company that only care about our top 20% of customers. And, and that isn't fair because our top 20% of our customers at one point was a sub 1000 per month, um, you know, MRR. Um, and, you know, in my mind, when I'm, when I'm out and I'm seeing partners or if I see them on Facebook, I don't know how much money you make. I don't know whether you're a one-man shop or a hundred-man shop. I want to just make everybody happy. And, and you know, I think that's kind of the same approach that you guys and MSBs all take to their own businesses. Nobody wants anybody unhappy with us, you know, and, and we all think that we're doing the, the best that we possibly can do. You know, I'll admit, like, we have made mistakes. We absolutely have made mistakes. We've hired bad 
Um, we've I, and I've come across some really crappy things that some of our guys have said on the phone to an MSP once or or in an email. And guess what? They probably don't work with us anymore because you know there's there's we all hire crappy and you know it's uh, uh, something with just part of you have to deal with. And I think as as we all scale and get bigger, it's just more of that nonsense. And and I know Brian, God bless you, man, for for the abuse you take on behalf of of my company sometimes um i appreciate what you're doing but um you know the there's one guy out there that that uh uh basically every post that mentions us says we suck and and i can't fight him on it because somebody made a promise to him a couple of years ago and that person didn't have the ability or the power to make that promise and we couldn't follow through on that promise and he's right you know, we do suck sometimes. And I think as long as we learn from that and make sure that we don't do those kinds of things again, I mean, that's what we can continue to learn. I, you know, I appreciate you stepping up, Brian. I appreciate all our partners stepping up, but, you know, it's, uh, I can understand why somebody thinks that our organization and, and I know our competitors deal with it. Sometimes we're just the big, bad, faceless organization that doesn't give a crap about anything but bottom line. And, I, and you know, that's, fair sometimes it's unfair other times and uh you know we we genuinely are all in this together kind of stuff so so i i feel like the the dust has settled it's long settled since the acquisition yeah um and and the mergers and all that because when when you guys when you guys were acquired by vista what was that like okay, we're being acquired by Vista, and we're merging with Autotask all in one fell swoop, or was there stages to this? Uh, yeah, it was all done at the same time. And just because some people don't necessarily understand M and A, how how long were you aware? that this was taking place before Datto announced anything? Oh, man. Uh, so I, I, uh, not, <laughs> I, I probably found out, uh, there, uh, I probably found out the same time that the rest of, of the market did, um, really? including our partners, you know, that, uh, it's, it's something, um, uh, you know, you hear rumors all the time about different, you know, backroom deals, things that are happening uh, that never come to fruition. Uh, you know, look at the Xerox HP stuff that's been going back and forth for the last little while now. And apparently that's all off now. And I'm sure both organizations wish that neither ever got mentioned in the first place. So, you know, um, uh, uh, I probably found out the same time as everybody else. And it was fine. So, so what was it like when you found out that, Autotask and Datto are merging. Datto is going to be the brand. The the Autotask brand is is basically kind of disappearing other than it's the name of the PSA still. Yep. And some Autotask people are leaving and some Datto people are filling those roles. What was that like for you? Because I mean, you you kind of as as Datto kind of grew up in the industry, I'm sure you befriended a lot of those people Absolutely. at Autotest because you, you had to work closely with them with integrations and, and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, okay. So to be fair, there weren't any like mass layoffs or anything along those lines. Um, the, uh, Vista was, uh, or Autotask was a Vista company. Uh, so they had been working together for quite a few years uh, before we kind of came in and, and they put the, these two products together, um, similar to what you're seeing in, in other places right now. So, uh, so the, the people at Autotask were, were well-known entities within, uh, within their portfolio. Um, and some wonderful, wonderful people. But of course, like, I think the most difficult part for, for any of us is, is if you've ever tried to acquire um, or merge your business, whether you're a small MSP or whether you're a large IT vendor, um, these things are not easy. And, and we, we did a number of acquisitions prior to, the, prior to this merger. And uh, we made mistakes. Of course, we made mistakes. But, and you learn each time that you do it on how to get better and better and better at it. Um, there was, um, a, uh, in my mind, and completely my opinion, there was a, a mad amount of respect between our two organizations um, uh, amongst the vendor community as a whole that serves the MSP space. There is a, a very high level of respect for what we all do, um, including amongst competitors. Uh, and I think that when... Uh, Datto, which is a, a fairly well-known entity on, on, as Brian mentioned, the sell-through products, whereas Autotask was a very well-known entity on the sell-to products. We both looked at this as an opportunity. A, we serve the same market, but we both looked at it as an opportunity to really take advantage of two great technologies coming together and making it even better, serving the same market, focused on the same market, uh, and leveraging the, the best of the best from both organizations. Um, we've obviously had a ton of change over the last couple of years since that, and some very well-known entities have come and gone, uh, from the organizations. Um, but overall, uh, from a strength perspective, we have more partners than ever before. Um, you know, we're, we're continuing to grow and invest in the product. Uh, the RMM, the PSA are getting so much, uh, better because there's more engineers, there's more money being spent, there's more engineering talent and time being poured into it. Who wouldn't want that? And, you know, if you're, if you're a senior engineer at Autotask and now all of a sudden you've got even more money and people to do things with, like who doesn't want that for their, for their product or for their baby? So, you know, this was, um, this was a good move for, for both organizations. As far as the Autotask brand, um, you know, we looked at it and, and like all organizations do, you look at the strength of your brand versus their brand in this market and that market and in this subset and that subset, and both brands were equally strong, very strong. Autotask had been around for quite a few, uh, additional years. Um, so yeah, so we maintain that brand and we still maintain that brand. The, uh, the PSA product is still called Autotask and, um, you know, we have a couple other products that still are branded, uh, with the Autotask name attached to it, but. Which uh, ones? You know, they just didn't want to confuse the market. Well, well, okay. So I'm sorry. So you you mean like the Datto RMM, which which had the Autotask name, and then they had Autotask Workplace. I yes. think it was called. Yep. And, and then place, Autotask Workplace, and the PSA is called Autotask. So uh, you guys didn't rebrand Autotask Workplace as like Datto Workplace. No, it's still Autotask Workplace. At least that's what I still call it. Maybe it's changed. It is Data that's Workplace. That's all right. We still call it Data Workplace. And the only reason I know that is I just went through and 
renamed uh, all of my billing items to make sure they reflected <laughs> the new name. <laughs> so, so Brian, what about you? What what were your thoughts when it was announced that uh, Datto and Autotask are merging, and it, and it seems as though Datto is kind of taking over all of the Autotask products? Because you were a, da- uh, a Datto and Autotask partner at that time. You you still are. Um, what was it like for you, the customer, seeing all this go down? So I already had good relationships with both vendors. And so I didn't have really a worry that things were going to go negatively or, or turn out negatively. Um, my biggest concern was like, hey, what are you doing with the partner advisory boards? And I want to make sure I'm still on them. And um, uh, ultimately, for me as an MSP, one of the struggles I have is just all the different vendors I work with. So um, having vendors come together that are like-minded only makes things easier for me. It's, I don't have to spread my voice out as much. I can talk to a single vendor that I'm using um, all, you know, literally all their products and be able to voice my opinion and, and not have to be on so many different partner advisory boards. Um, the, I think the thing that I've seen Datto and Autotask do that I, that I really like is they're not just, they, they didn't just, you know, it wasn't a private equity that just bought the brands and just let them run separately. They, they really came together and merged the culture together and products even we we just got done talking about products that got renamed and in my opinion their roadmap when it comes to the you know the private equity backing and, and kind of future growth isn't about just buying up all of these companies and trying to find something in a new space that they don't own yet it's really about taking their core products that they have now and investing money and improving those and advancing the roadmaps faster. And that's one of the reasons I feel kind of lucky that I fell into, you know, I was using all these vendors and they all just kind of came together and now they're all working together to make their products even better versus other situations where I see it's just kind of a a grab on as many companies they can get. And then a lot of times they'll buy a company and just let it run itself still. It's just under that name now. One of the concerns I have with, you know, if we want to get into, there's always pros and cons, right? One of the concerns I have when you look at all of these buy-ups, mergers, and acquisitions is my product's not talking or playing together nicely anymore because you have two competitors that own the products, right? And and are they going to work together? And what I've noticed, um, and I'm sure this is only going to strengthen through the recent COVID-19 outbreak but over the past couple years with just with all the cybersecurity threat concerns and the change in landscape there i've noticed a lot of these vendors come together and be more willing to work together and i see apis being further advanced and opened up so that we can get our products to talk to each other better even though they're they're you know direct competitors so um i think you know what it comes down to is that no matter what type of vendor that's in this space, they rely on MSPs like us to be successful. And if 
MSPs like us can make sure we're voicing our opinion, constructive criticism on you know what we need. Um, ultimately, they're going to follow and listen because they want to be successful. You know, they're not buying up companies left and right to make our lives harder. They're seeing it as an investment opportunity, and they want that investment to grow. And ultimately, our input is going to help them make that investment grow, right? If, if we're happy, we're going to want to continue using their products and recommending them. Um, so that's kind of a long answer to the, the, <laughs> the question, but my, my experience specifically with the data on Autotask was, was very good. And, you know, I, I've seen my business go from, you know, we were doing uh, just under a million back in 2016 and, and now we're at 1.8 million um, just through the use of, you know, a lot of these products Datto has to offer and even other products in the MSP space. I think the, uh, that's awesome. I love hearing that, Brian. I'm glad we could be a part of that. Um, I think the, uh, the uh, going back to the integration part of it and this whole open ecosystem thing, it, that's probably, Steve, one of the biggest things that I remember, I remember sitting there with Austin McCord and um, we, we now have Autotask and, and we have a phenomenal relationship with ConnectWise. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, at the time, most of our partner base, not most, but I would say that, that if you took a look at our partner base, we were more ConnectWise users than we were Autotask users. And I'm like, oh man, like, what are we going to do here? Because, you know, as, as time goes on, like you have to make a decision. Like, are we going to let them come to DattoCon? Are we going to declare war and go after them? Are we going to try to bundle things together and come out with bundled pricing? If you use this, you get this. And, um, uh, it was, it was split second decision was no, like we, what we need to do is we need to come up with the best products for this space and let the MSPs choose. And if part of the decision-making process is, is you, whether you integrate nicely with my RMM because I'm not using yours or my PSA because I'm not using yours or your backup, I'm not using yours. If part of the decision is, is how nice you play with the companies that I do like working with, then we need to be honest about that. We need to be able to, to continue to work together on that. And I think prior to, and I, I'm, not, I'm not taking credit by it by any means for it, but I think prior to this, when when you know these are all up and coming companies, it's easy to throw mud at each other. I remember way back in the early early days of PSA technologies, how the vendors and the CEOs of these vendors would just do open letters back and forth to each other. If you remember those, like that nonsense is is just it's gone, and and it's it's good. It's a it's a good thing for our community. There's like a level of maturity now in our community that we've never had before. And I think that's part of the condition of growing up. It's part of the condition of the validation of the MSP space. And, and I would suggest part of that is, is definitely the, um, you know, the additional investments that are coming in through these vendors where it's like, look, you know, Microsoft, Oracle, Apple, they all play nice together. Why are we slinging mud at each other? And why are we doing it at, and who suffers the most is the, is the champ. So let's just stop the nonsense. Let's grow up. Let's, let's work together on this stuff. And at the end of the day, let the MSP choose whether they like the color blue or the color green and, and, and may the best person win. But I think 
as we all become more and more diverse and you listed off what, what equity companies own, which products, like we have to integrate with each other. Otherwise we all lose. Absolutely. I love it, man. Um, I love that you guys have, you know, the, the right point of view for this and that if, if you decide to, and, and it's, it's refreshing because you know, if you decide to declare war, we lose and you ultimately yeah. lose. Yeah. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah. And I think all of us are, are, are feeling the same way. And, you know, I'll be honest, I talk to my counterparts at, at my uh, competitors. We all have mutual respect for each other. We all talk uh, on a fairly regular basis, it's just making sure that we're all continuing to do the right thing. You know, we go to IT Nation, uh, they come to DataCon, you know, we all go to Connect IT. Like it's, it's, it is, um, I think it's been, I think it's been great. It, it's definitely not easy, but, um, but, but when you, when you keep in mind who, who suffers and that is the ultimate MSP, then it's easy to make decisions that way. So, so do you have any other acquisitions that like recent ones that have been announced that maybe I just haven't noticed? Uh, no, not, no, no. No, I've been begging them to do acquisitions, which is when they told me the fact that they're trying to focus on their core products. And I was like, all right, well, that that makes sense. I can't complain about that, you know, because I was getting kind of jealous. I was like, hey, Dado, why aren't you acquiring some of these other tools I use? You know, and mm-hmm. and so, you know, it, it, it comes down to, you know, ultimately, no matter what you're doing in the space, are you looking out for the MSP? You know, and, and if not, you know, your MSPs are eventually going to voice that somewhere, if not, you know, directly with you. So there's, I think there's a, there's a few things. I mean, there's buying for the sake of buying, but um, does it fit into our stack? Does it make sense for the MSP? Is there a, is there a better upside? Like I look at the open mesh acquisition as a, as an example, um, open mesh was doing uh, predominantly direct to end user sales via Amazon. Uh, we like the business model. We like the technology. Excuse me. We um, wanted to bring it to the MSP space because there was no um, vendor in that space, which is a networking gear that was focused on MSPs and MSP needs, 24-7 direct tech support, recurring revenue streams. And, you know, we we took a, a, a good technology and brought it into the MSP space, made it MSP only, stopped selling direct to end users. There are some people that were unhappy with us as a result of doing that, but ultimately it was a decision um, that had to be made if that was the business model that we're going with. So, you know, I think when you're looking at acquiring technologies, um, it has to it has to kind of fit with where you want to go and where we can take the MSP space. How do we grow MSPs from where they are right now? How do we take maybe underutilized or uh, technologies and bring them? Or how do we take something that's kind of enterprise class and bring it down to the SMB uh, space? You know, there's, there's, there's a number of different factors that go into it as opposed to, well, this is a really cool tool. Let's go buy that. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're diligent and, you know, these things are happening. So, you know, this is, but no, I, I don't have anything imminently that I'm going to tell you about. Sorry. Brian, is there a, is there maybe a wish list of things that you wish Dato had acquired? Maybe like Passportal or? Steve, why are you doing this, man? <laughs> because I love poking the bear. Yeah. 
going to get in trouble. Um, you know, the, the, I think the question that I ask myself now is, you know, what, what advantage would I get if Datto bought one of my other tools? And um, like something with Passportal, since you brought it up, I actually um, became very good friend with Colin, uh, the former CEO, and I'm actually on their partner advisory board. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, um, you know, it, I would say, you know, the, the, the product roadmaps that I see data with now and how many updates they're doing per year, I want to see some of my other vendors doing that. So that ultimately would be a reason I'd want to see them buy a tool. But if, if the cost of bringing in another product or tool is that now they're taking focus away from their core products, you know, that that's not a cost I'd I'd be willing to give up, you know? So it's, it's a balance in my opinion. Um, and I think we're at a point now to, to Rob's point where all these vendors are kind of over the ego, um, you know, going to war situation and they're really more open to working with each other and they understand that they're all moving towards the same goal, you know, and, and opening up APIs more that really, um, I could get more done faster by, for example, being on Passportal's partner advisory board, giving input on what I'm looking to see with integration with my other tools and advancements, and just, you know, making sure I take the time to help hopefully get them to realize how important these things are and, you know, building use cases for all these feature requests that I have. That's going to, uh, get me to my goal quicker than hoping they get bought out by someone because the minute you buy another company, there's integration time, there's culture, you know, that needs to be integrated. There's now a shift in, 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 um, you know, the business plan and how everything fits together. And, um, it's gonna, there's gonna be a slowdown, you know, of that product. If, if you're going to spend the time to integrate it properly, um, or, you buy it and you just let it run itself is the other thing I've seen happen, which I guess could work. But then you've still got another tool that's taking away your focus from maybe some of your other core um, tools and values that you have. I think it's also important uh, to note that, and I know Brian, you, you proactively uh, work with your vendors and want to sit on their advisory boards and it gives you a lot of insight into things um, that uh, normally in the relationship of an MSP wouldn't have with their vendors. And, uh, and I, I, I've learned a lot from you and the rest of our advisory board members as a result. But I think it's important to note that you don't have to be on the advisory board in order to get what you want from these, from these vendors. And, uh, you know, I can speak from, for, for data, but I know um, my competitors all feel the same way that if you just share with us kind of what you want, a lot of times we can get these things done. It's not, um, it, and a lot of it is feature requests and, and there's a lot of factors that go into why something is chosen or not chosen, why something is developed or not developed um, that go well beyond the scope of my ability to, to articulate it. But um, uh, I think communication is absolutely key uh, and uh, just putting, putting that desire out there. And, and I, I am seeing like we're all, uh, we're all growing, we're all you know, investing in our technologies, hardening our technologies. Uh, was one of the things that we focused on a lot uh, this year, um, and uh, just keep giving, just keep feedback. Like we call you guys partners for a reason. Like it is, it is, and in, in our minds, you guys are partners with us 
you're not customers, you know, you're not clients. We, we literally think it's a partnership, you know, share with us what it is that you want. And as partners, we'll do our best to, to get those things done. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to change gears again. Um, Brian, you are uh, not only a huge Datto guy, like I swear you you might get like a dollar every time you say something about Datto. I, that's my conclusion I've come to. But you're also a big Microsoft guy, so much so that I almost wonder if there's something wrong uh, because you talk so much about Microsoft Teams that uh, I think I know more about Teams than I need to. Let's let's clarify this before you before you jump into the Microsoft thing. Have I ever paid you a dime, Brian, for anything that you have said about that? No. But what kind of perks does he get, Rob? <laughs> it's not about the money. There's there's no different perks than I whenever I see you. It's it's like if we if I see you at a bar, I'll buy you a drink. That's to the that's to the extent of the perks that I think Brian's getting. That's hilarious. Paying rate card on his products like everybody else and, you know, all that. I mean, as part of our advisory board, you get a little bit of insight as to some of the stuff that we're working on. And, and uh, you know, our CEO, Tim, like he knows these guys intimately to the point where he talks to them on a fairly regular basis. But Tim puts his, his own email address out there all the time. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any massive perks, Brian. I think you just do it because you're passionate about it, I hope. My perk is using the products and services, ultimately, being a part of the roadmap. So, <laughs> all right. So, so with, with Microsoft Teams, Brian, I'm going to jump back into Teams. Uh, I know you're, you're, you're diving in, man. You're diving in, like, head first. And I sometimes am nervous that it's the shallow end. <laughs> but... <laughs> But like you're you're doing Teams uh, calling even for yes. for phones, so you're using Teams. What, what do you call it? Teams Voice, Teams Phones, Teams calling. Yeah, Teams with Voice is what I typically call it. Yeah. So you're you're doing Teams with Voice internally, right? Yes. And do you have? Uh, we'll call it a plugin with Teams that is integrating the the team's information with your autotask information. Yeah, we're actually working on that over this next month, getting that integrated. Um, what are you going to use? I knew you were going to ask me that. That's why I'm uh, looking up the name of it because I've got so many tools. I forget the name sometimes. I, I only, I just did. Uh, another one of these earlier today with his name's George. Yes. From Bvoip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Bvoip, uh, they have basically a, a way to plug in their software to Teams Voice, uh, and you can even do it to where instead of having to pay for because with Teams, when you use Teams Voice natively. You basically have to pay for like a calling plan on every user, right? Yeah. So the way that you could do it instead is put the 
I don't know, just the phone skew that might be like, I don't know, eight bucks, we'll call it, on all the users, and then use BVoIP, which is 3CX, along with uh, some other thing. I forget what he called it already, but he's got this platform that lets you integrate um, your Autotask or ConnectWise, but we'll talk about Autotask because that's all we care about here right now. Um, so you can integrate your Autotask with your phone system, even if you're on Teams. And it might help you save some money, but more importantly, it's going to put like a little screen pop in the corner of your window. Anytime someone calls and it's ringing your desk phone, now you've got a little thing pop up in the in the corner and it'll tell you exactly who's calling because it's integrating with Autotask. And then the other cool thing is you can associate calls to tickets and then it'll it'll like attach the call recordings to those tickets. Yeah. So that way, whenever you have like one tech transfer a ticket to someone else because they're lost, now that that new tech could literally just go in and listen to the calls and know exactly what's going on. Yeah, we we actually had that integration when we were on 3CX before we moved to Teams, and uh, that's new information. I'll have to call them back up and talk about getting that reintegrated. Now, the one I was talking about is actually. Teams chat with Autotask, and it's from a company called Crofty okay. over in Australia. And um, what's really cool is we can literally add notes to tickets and see notes from clients uh, in Teams. Um, so you don't even have to get into the Autotask interface to be able to update tickets. Nice. Um, so Teams, why am I so big on Teams, right? I mean, ultimately, it's a unified messaging. It's everything in one place. Um, it's mobile friendly. Mm-hmm. So I, I see it really, and even Microsoft is pushing you away from Outlook and more into Teams um, for a lot of your day-to-day tasks. So anything that Microsoft is pushing people to do, you're kind of working against the grain if you don't at least try to follow it or try it out. And in, you know, in the past, it's been a little bit of a rough Patch, you know, anytime Microsoft comes out with a new version of Office, it's just this completely redone, you know, ribbon set at the top and all my end users are freaking out because they can't find anything, right? But since the Office 365 platform started and and now that you've got, you know, regular updates kind of back to the the roadmap that Datto has where there's multiple updates coming out a, a year because they've got a cloud product, with, you know, that's easy to do that with the same with Microsoft now. You're not dealing with perpetual licensing like you used to. Yeah, that's true. So you get more updates more often. And with Teams, I've actually really enjoyed getting to know it and use it. And it's fairly intuitive and to the point where we're going to be standardizing all of our clients on the Microsoft stack ultimately with Azure AD and Intune, um, you know, as we get their servers out to the cloud. Um, or at least Active Directory out to the cloud, I should say, with Azure AD. And I'm, I'm pushing, I'm on the partner advisory board with Datto, and I'm pushing big, like, hey, let's get, let's improve the, you know, PSA integration and the RMM integration um, and get that up to par with um, adding some extra features that would make my life a lot easier. Um, uh, be, just because anytime you can get products talking to each other, it's just less room for human error 
and uh, you, you can really start automating your workflows better. So, and, and they're definitely aware of that. Um, and I think I would say a, a large part of the MSP industry is embracing the Microsoft stack. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I'm not only, only because you, you keep telling me I should, <laughs> I've got, I've got the same thing my kids do. It's called oppositional defiancy disorder. <laughs> and, uh, so, so I've, I've been on Google voice for business for a while now, and I'm actually switching, uh, and you're going to laugh and that's okay. I'm switching my phones from Google voice over to zoom phone. Cause I want to try it. I want to see what it's like. It, uh, from what I'm seeing so far, and I'm waiting on the numbers to port, but from what I'm seeing so far in here, it's actually really like exactly what I want. Uh, I don't care about all those fancy features that you get with, you know, the traditional enterprise phone system. I don't, I don't need all that. I'm, I'm a guy, you know, I don't. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all about the dumb little features that are great for the, to the, sole proprietors to the to the solopreneur you know um i i am genuinely curious rob what do you guys use for phones um phones i have no idea (laughs) sorry i'm sorry i don't i don't know i i wasn't sure if if like you knew or not that's okay yeah you guys are on the google g suite stack for right really yeah Hmm. Yeah, it's just a legacy thing that has just been around since day one. So I wonder, uh, you're pro- I wonder if you're still using like the G Suite free, <laughs> 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 like all nineteen hundred people. We're on the G Suite free. Yeah. They, we're grandfathered in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, what? I'm sorry, I don't get involved in those decisions and. To be honest, as long as it turns on every morning, that's all I really care about. Okay, that's I, fair. This is just a guess from remembering the office. You guys might, are you guys on Cisco phones for VoIP? No, I don't. Does that ring a bell? No, not Cisco. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I can find out, but we're getting no. too techie for Rob. Yeah, yeah. You just went. You just went a little bit. Over. <laughs> It's okay. So, so let's bring it back down. Rob, are you still doing what, you know, not right now. Cause you know, obviously things are happening to prevent us from going out and doing things like getting rid of kids. Uh, so are you, are you still going out and, you know, setting servers on fire and, and things like that? Trying to, trying to wow people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything is virtual now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just still spreading out the good word. We've been, We've been growing a lot. Like a lot of my focus actually for 2020 was in um, uh, a lot of the European markets uh, that were heavily underserved by business continuity. And if you look at the MSP model, like the whole recurring revenue, you have your own stack, you go into your end user and that's the stack that you've got. Like that model has not been adopted worldwide only because other markets are are slower at that adoption. Um, I would say the... Is, is pretty good and got a good handle on it. And, and actually, I, I think if there's any good news stories around this whole COVID uh, pandemic is I think um, recurring revenue is one of the, one of the things that's going to save us 
And with us, I mean, I mean, the MSP community is the fact that, you know, we've got partners under contract or year end users under contract that, that do the per month fee for the services that they're paying that, that they're actually seeing massive value in IT and what IT do, especially through something like this versus, uh, you know, I look at, say, the 08 recession that kind of came on in the States practically overnight. And, and a lot of businesses were annihilated, projects were canceled, bills weren't paid, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of markets that didn't have to deal with that and therefore didn't escalate the, um, the, the recurring revenue managed services model. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, growth in Asia. I was spending some time out there in Southeast Asia um, where they're slowly adopting the, the MSP model. Yeah. Um, Australia's dialed in, Canada's dialed in, Europe is, is starting to grow, uh, Germany is starting to grow significantly on the MSP stuff. So we spend a lot of time spreading the good word. And of course, the cornerstone, in my opinion, of any good managed service offering, of course, data protection. So uh, that was, um, you know, the message that we were getting out there. But it was a lot of education around MSP. Some of the stuff that we were teaching Americans 10 years ago, we were talking to, you know, Germans and, and Taiwanese about today. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. It was very cool. Uh, now we're trying to do that all remotely. Um, we're not lighting fires in our own home virtually to show people how it works. <laughs> <laughs> At least trying but, um, you know, to be honest, we've, we've reeled back a lot on um, our aggressive sales tactics in an effort just to let people breathe and catch their breath during this time. Um, and instead, and, you know, I mentioned off the top, is just calling our partners and seeing what they need from us at this particular moment in time. And then we'll start worrying about um, uh, sales again and, and helping our partners uh, recover their businesses, get through these difficult times, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, um, uh, we've seen a lot of a lot of silver linings coming out of this this pandemic right now, more than I think uh, than we expected. So, so with you working on other markets, what is what is that like? You know, going to Asia and talking to these guys about data and about being an MSP because I, I suspect there's you know kind of a language barrier. Uh, no, actually. Um, to a certain extent, some markets, sure. So, so we are focusing our energies around Southeast Asia. We opened an office in Singapore um, a couple of years ago, and uh, we're building it out. Uh, Singapore, they speak English. Business is done in English. Southeast Asia, um, Philippines, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, all all IT business is done in English. Taiwan. Um, so, I, I don't I don't have any problems at all in those countries. Um, we we the low hanging fruit for us, of course, is is those countries that speak English. So you go into say the Netherlands, for example, you know where they speak Dutch, but but um, English is very very well known uh, amongst the uh, population, especially when it comes to IT. Uh, and then as we go into these markets, then you open up a Dutch office, and I think we have probably 60, 70 uh, staff in in the Netherlands now uh, that are servicing that market on a day to day basis. But you could easily do business in English. Tech support is done in English. Billing is done in English. Um, when you start getting into, yeah, then you start getting into places like Germany, and and that's when you do need to have uh, German translation. They do speak English, but they business is preferred to be done in German. So this is where it, it tends to get a little bit more complicated. Um, but um, uh, it it definitely creates int- it, it's interesting. It creates more 
uh, fun in the job when you're trying to learn um, about how different IT people do different things. Um, for me, one of the greatest things is when I bring them all to DataCon and you start seeing like a, a German and a Dutch and an American and a Canadian and an Aussie all sit in the same room. And believe it or not, the same things are keeping them up at night even though they're all from completely different opposite sides of the world and de dealing with different market conditions and different ways in which end users buy and those kinds of things. But uh, at the end of the day, it, you know, I think IT has got this like common, uh, common translation. Like we all understand it kind of thing. So, you know, if you, if you think about it, I mean, you know, when you look at the, the globe, yeah, we're all far away from each other. But but think about what the internet does for us. I mean, we, we got we got three guys sitting in this room who we could not reach each other if we started driving right now within, you know, by hours. the end of the day at least. I mean, uh, you're you're in Connecticut, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that's up by Maine ish. <laughs> I'm forty minutes out of New York City. I'm closer <laughs> to New York City than I am Maine. What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought it was the one by Vermont and Rhode Island, and I thought it was up there. It's part of New England, but yeah, no, I'm I'm 40 minutes out of New York City. Yeah, I knew that. I was just making sure you knew. Yeah, it's funny. Frank Balatori is an old old friend of mine. Uh, he actually is the one uh, when I moved to Connecticut. I live in the same town as him, uh, even though we never see each other. It's a small town. But he's a, an MSP at a Danbury, Connecticut. And I always used to introduce him as the guy from Boston. And one day he says to me, he says, you know, I'm closer to, to New York than I am to Boston. I'm like, nobody cares where Connecticut is. Lo and behold, now this is where I live and I get the same thing. Aren't you, aren't you up by me? No. <laughs> uh-huh. So, okay, so I'm not the only one? No, no, no. That is fun. So I, I opened up Google Maps right now just because... I uh, felt I, bad about your geography knowledge. I thought I was smarter than this. And you know what's even funnier is I said, yeah, it's up there by Vermont and Rhode Island. Like those two aren't even next to each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I could probably tell you where most of the other states are. But once we get up into New England, I just lose track. Yeah, totally fair. Totally I fair. just, I don't understand it. Like, and I've, I, so my wife and I, we went on a cruise. We went from New York to Boston to Portland, Maine, uh, up into, I think it was St. John with the reversing falls, but I don't remember. Yeah, that would be New Brunswick, yeah. And then uh, somewhere in Nova Scotia. Probably Halifax. Yeah, that one. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm going to say it was here-ish. Uh, it's on the, it's on the, <laughs> on the uh, east coast. You, you haven't got quite got there yet. I'm I'm hereish. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't know if you see the mouse moving around. It's just hereish. Yeah. So uh, that's that's. <laughs> now now Rob, you're from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah, Toronto, born and raised. So Toronto, that's uh, that's the one over by Niagara Falls. Correct. About an hour and a half north of Niagara Falls for. Uh, for Americans, I usually say go to Buffalo and drive an hour north. You're you're about drunk. And and now you live in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Yep. Got my green cards. Very happy to be down here paying American taxes. I keep telling people I'm I'm living the Canadian dream. I'm getting paid in U.S. dollars. <laughs> now now the big question is, could you get paid in U.S. dollars and go live in Canada? 
Yeah, that would be interesting, but no, they tend to frown on that. So now when you say they, do you mean the people you work for or the governments? No, it would be the governments. <laughs> no, I'm this... not I'm not asking you to like dodge taxes. I mean, I, I am asking you to to properly claim everything. I just know that, you know, the American dollar, if I recall, that that goes kind of a long way in Canada, right? It, it does. You're absolutely right. Um, there's, I think we're at uh, 60 cents to the dollar uh, right now, which wow. is great. Cost of living in Canada is higher. And it is, it is, I mean, there's a lot more social programs, so taxes are higher and everything like that. Um, it, I Trust me, I went through uh, immigration. I did it completely the right way through two administrations now. And it's, um, it's been, it's been painful to say the least, but uh uh, it's it's not easy, but uh, it's all about uh, are you taking a job away from somebody that this country that is somebody in this country that could do a citizen of this country could do, and 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 it's all about preservation of of what's in you know the country that you live in, whether you're in Canada or the United States. So, uh, so are you are you taking a job away? Officially, yes, I guess. No, wait a minute. Unofficially, no. No, I've got a I've got a unique skill set that is is wanted and craved by the American population. I like it. Setting servers on fire is a unique skill yes. set. <laughs> <laughs> Doing webinars and podcasts like this is a unique the uh, unique skill. So, uh, and I'm I'm not trying to get into politics, but I I got to say a joke when when you came down here. And then, and then you know, we had the administration change. And then you hear all these Americans are like, I'm moving to Canada. Uh, for you, it would have been really easy to just go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. how, how easy is it for an American to go live and, and work in Canada? No, apparently my understanding is that it is significantly harder to actually make the, uh, the other way, to go the other way. And I think it's... Um, uh, I think it's it's uh, dude. You asked a op- real open-ended, loaded question here. Um, I know, I, and again, this it's opinion. It yeah, is, yeah. And I, I, I'm very respectful that uh, I love this country. I love, I love Canada too. Don't get me wrong. Um, the United States is a phenomenal country, full of phenomenal people. It's been a dream of mine uh, to work and and live and uh, and be part of of uh, the U.S. Regardless. Has it really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ever since ever since I was a child, it's it's just always been, um, it's uh, it's a great country. It is a, a great country, and I'll defend it all day long because the opportunities that you get down here just and it's based on size, purely on size. Canada is a, is the same population as California. It's a tenth of the size of, of the United States. So you know your opportunities are are somewhat limited. Um, I absolutely love my, my home country, but I absolutely love, uh, being down here and working with Americans. Americans are my favorite people. Uh, they are, you know, phenomenal, crazy sometimes, but everybody is, but, uh, no, I love it. But I'm also, I'm also extremely careful. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a permanent resident and I'm very respectful of that. Um, I am not a citizen, so I don't have the right to vote. And if I don't have the right to vote, I don't have the right to express my opinion on on who you choose and why you choose them. So we'll be here regardless of what you guys do. Are you working on citizenship? Is that? It takes time. Um, So once you, once you get your permanent 
uh, permanent immigration, which is your green card, uh, it takes another five years before you can apply for citizenship. So, okay. And once you get citizenship, then you can vote. You can vote, yes. And you could even run for some offices, not president. Uh, correct. I, I think you can run for office, but in order to be president, you have to be born in, in the United States. Yes, natural born, yes. Very interesting. Not really. Rob, <laughs> Rob Ray for mayor, guys. That's what he's working on. <laughs> no, no. No. Um, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm just i'm just picturing the uh the political signs now in my head and you know very i don't know red red white and blue obviously we had we had a we have a we have a rob ray in canada who's a very prominent figure in politics and not very well liked so i do not want to carry that forth into your country so but well, thank you thank you <laughs> uh brian i'm sorry i've i've kind of kept talking and and directing all these questions over at rob uh brian what's it like living in a state that you can smoke weed whenever you want you can do that in canada by the way <laughs> well i i don't smoke weed anymore uh, <laughs> i'd say i haven't done it in the past but um uh, it's interesting. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of tax benefits there that we're getting a lot of good tax money from that industry. You know, it's one of the most booming industries right now. In fact, I was given a talk a few months ago at a chamber, Good Morning Slow, they call it, event. And the guy that got up right before me uh, had a dispensary. And he's talking about how it's the fastest growing industry right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I got up afterwards to talk about cybersecurity. And I said, you know, just like marijuana, <laughs> this is also a very fast growing industry with these, you know, cybersecurity criminals out there that are making an arm and a leg. And, um, and it's literally an industry. And uh, so it's kind of a funny take. But California, you know, it's got its pros and cons. The quality of life is great. Um, taxes are expensive. Uh, cost of living is expensive. Um, I will say that during a time where we're quarantined, um, I'm definitely not complaining where I live. I'm very lucky. The weather's great. Um, you know, there'd be some other places that might be snowed in right now. I'd be a little stir crazy. Um, yeah. And I don't plan on being someone who's, you know, leaving California because I can't stand things here. I've got a lot of family uh, roots here and family's my number one, you know, important okay. thing. Uh, that I got going for me. So I, I like to stay close to family, uh, any, you know, anytime possible. Well, well, thankfully here, um, you know, it, it's, it's high fifties today. So my wife took the kids out for a hike and that's why it's been so peaceful. <laughs> and I, I don't want it to ever end. However, it is going to end. In fact, they're, they're on their way back. So, <laughs> So I, I think now is a great time for us get to to kind of wrap this up. Um, Brian, is there anything that you want to add? Can, can you and I do a, a special a special podcast to be released sure. on the twentieth of April, maybe? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I think that one was right for both of you. 
for what now? I said the Wait. 20th of April, 420. Oh, 420, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like neither of us got it. Neither of us got it. Yeah. <laughs> no. And you know, the, the funniest thing is, I have never done drugs in my life. And that's not me trying to, to set myself up for a positive presidential run because uh, I don't want it. But no, I've just, I've never tried it. But when they legalize it in Ohio, I am going to eat a brownie about it. <laughs> um, I'd say, you know, kind of getting back to just what we're all going through in the industry with, with this COVID-19 outbreak, it's, you know, w- what I'm doing to really help me through it is just taking it a day at a time. Um, I'm reaching out to the MSP community and my vendors and taking advantage of webinars and resources they're offering and learning what I can to make strategic moves. Um, because I think during a time like this, uh, it's about evaluating the parts of your business that, you know, you uh, may be going away or you may be losing money with and, and trying to replace those with um, opportunities, you know, t- turning challenges into opportunities and, um, you know, being there for our clients, using this as an opportunity to rebuild relationships with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just try not to get wrapped up in the fear, you know, turn off the news <laughs> and understand we're all here for each other. We're all in this together. Right. And and we're going to get through this for sure. The, the news I think is what's going to be the death of us, not the coronavirus. <laughs> What about you, Rob? You got anything you want to add? I, I think it's going to be the news and social media that are death of us because there's so much out there right now. I can't digest it fast enough. And yeah, um, no, man, I'm 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 looking forward to getting back out on the road. And and uh, it's been it's been uh, it's been hard for me personally because uh, I'm used to the face to face contact and and as human beings, and you know, we're we're pack animals. We like we like running with our groups, you know, and, uh, right now we don't have the ability to do that. So I'm looking forward to getting out there. And, uh, once we get through all the awkwardness of, of being in the same room and get a couple of drinks and us shaking hands and kissing babies again. So we'll, uh, you know, hopefully resume back to normal at some point in time, but, um, no, I'm excited about, you know, this is, it's been, uh, I've been able to pursue a bunch of different projects that I've, I've wanted uh, to do for a while and explore some ideas around uh, helping MSPs that, that again, have kind of been on the back burner that now I've got the time and the uh, capacity to actually run with. So super excited about that. And um, yeah, don't miss the webinar or uh, yeah, the webinar we're doing on Monday to talk about um, uh, the uh, small business loans and the payroll assistance that's uh, going on that each of the governments worldwide are, are dealing with right now, not just the American one. And I, you know, I, I do want to throw this up. So if you go to Datto's website, yeah. right up here on the top, Datto's commitment to MSPs during this pandemic, uh, you just scroll down a little bit right here. Here's where you can register for this event. All right, guys. So for, for you to be able to register and, and even if uh, you like run out of space, um, you'll record this and send out a link to everyone that registered, right? Correct. Yeah, we are recording it and we will send it out uh, to MSPs that want it. And we'll make it on demand on our website as well. Can Can I make a special request for a question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'm curious to know what what this can do because I've I've had a few people say to me, I you know this doesn't do me any good. I have shitty credit. <laughs> so is there anything that those guys can do? Because because it sounds like if anything you're getting a free ten grand from the government. So. so- so the question is, what options are available if you don't have good credit? Yeah. I I would love to be able to to help some of my members out who have uh, who have said something like that to me. If it doesn't come up during the normal course of conversation, I will be sure to bring it up for you, sir. Thanks, Rob. My pleasure. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for doing this, guys. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I, I know that you're probably getting stir crazy just being stuck at home, but at least we can do, you know, Zoom or whatever kind of video conference to to at least be able to interface with other people. Teams. Yeah, or <laughs> or or Slack or or FaceTime or literally anything other than Teams. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks so much guys thank Take you care. very much appreciate it see you again